Hello and welcome back to the Turbo Team Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Bren. We're recording live on a Monday night. What are the odds of that happening on the what? Team Podcast? We're up to like episode, I don't know, 28 or something like that. And that was yep. the... And that was the second uh, Halloween song we had, and I think that's the uh, the only other Halloween song there is. That and Monster Mash. Are there any others? There's Pooky Scary Skeletons. Uh, no, that is it. Spine. That one. Yeah, I believe that's it as far as... Uh, oh, and uh, China Anne McLean of Ant Farm, the 2014 Disney show, also made one. So. And uh, the, the theme to Monster House, the 2005 animated film in which the theme was done by Alien Ant Farm, the rock band. Also, Justin Timberlake's 2013 smash hit, Mirrors. <laughs> no way. Uh, I was talking to Ruble today about when we saw Alien Ant Farm. Because <laughs> <laughs> wow. we were on the topic. Memories. Why did you Why did you watch Alien Ant Farm? They were why free we at the Alien. Iowa State Fair, <laughs> and we were in middle school. Did they perform... Uh, this was it's not smooth criminal. What's their no? It's that smooth. Is it smooth criminal? Yeah, they did perform it. Nice at a very high level. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So, uh, today we watched The Conjuring. One of I don't know, probably one of the most famous horror movies of the decade. I don't know. All the yeah. horror movies kind of blend together for me. It's uh. Well, they also made James. like. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, my bad. I was just gonna say it's directed by James Wan. Um, yeah, yeah. What were you gonna say, Alex? Uh, I was gonna say they made like three different spinoffs of this, I think. Oh no, dude, it's yeah, way yeah. more than that. The, no, so this is two, and the nun, and then I think there's a third Conjuring coming out, maybe. There's, there's also there Annabelle. Is. Yeah, I said Annabelle. Oh. So yeah, there's so they kind of did a uh, they kind of did a Silence of the Lambs where like there's this one character that's like the infamous lore of the movie but barely in it, and then they just built a franchise off that character, you know? No, dude, uh, they have seven films already released since The Conjuring came out in 2013, all in the same universe, and there's three that are in production. Jeez, I don't <laughs> think I've seen any of them other than The Conjuring Two. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Because I've seen The Conjuring like five times, probably. I love this movie. Really? Really? But it, what do you like so much yeah. about <laughs> Well, we can save that for the segment. No, but uh, I think what I like about it is how it tells like a super basic horror story. Like a family moves into a house and then weird things start happening and then it finds out that they're possessed and then they have to escape the demons. And it's it's a super basic story, but I think that they do it in such a in a much better way than almost any horror movie ever does. And as far as the like demon pos- demon possession stuff goes, like obviously it's not up there with any of like the classics like The Shining or Halloween or anything like that. But I think that the way it like utilizes jump scares, like actually doing effective jump scares, not just having like a demon jumping on screen for no reason. I think that it's super creative and um, it's pretty effective as a horror movie, even from my fifth time watching. Uh, before we uh, before we get into any more of the movie, Ben, do you want to give a synopsis real quick? Yeah, no problem. All right. Uh, in 1970, a paranormal paranormal investigators and demonologists Lorraine and Ed Warren are summoned to the home of Carolyn and Roger Perrin. The parents and their five daughters have recently moved to a secluded farmhouse where a supernatural presence has made itself known. Through the manifest, though the manifestations are rough, are relatively benign at first. Events soon escalate in hor- horrifying fashion, especially after the Warrens discover the house's macabre history. That's I completely wrote that myself. That is quite the word. Mm-hmm. I was on thesaurus.com for hours mm-hmm. trying to find that. Yeah, the like as I said, it's a very basic horror movie. Like there's nothing really that crazy about it. The only thing that they do like extremely different as far as like the plot goes is um the two detectives. Like that 
the detectives having a relationship, the warrants, like that's not really yeah. uh, a plot piece in any other horror movie that I've seen, at least. Yeah, we we did it, Rust. We we became the true detectives. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just love to quote that. <laughs> so so getting off the movie real quick, those new memes are the funniest, some of the funniest thing memes I've ever seen. Where they just. I saw one today, and it's like, thanks for saving me. That guy was committing a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> yeah. it's just so stupid. <laughs> but hey, I but, even uh, did my own on the Turbo Team Twitter. You did? <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It oh, was wow, the, Ben, did you actually tweet from the Turbo Team Twitter account? Yeah, I, I made it and was going to post it on my personal, but then I realized no one would get it, so I just posted it on the Turbo Team one. See, Eli, I told you there will be blood. <laughs> 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 oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so off topic. Okay, actually, back on topic. We need to, We should just start tweeting out. Oh, so you know the like preview for tomorrow's episode? Let's just do that for every movie until the trend dies. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll make that after we're done here, but so yeah, uh, that's gonna be like a week or three. <laughs> I dude, these they there's so many movies you could do it forever. But uh, back on the movie, uh, yeah, I would agree, Jake. I mean, it fits pretty much the same, you know, kind of uh, not script but layout of as a, as a classic, not a classic horror movie, but some of those like early two 2010s ones where like there's say, a few obscures. I wouldn't say classic, but like almost blockbuster horror movies yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the problem with new horror movies is like they're they're really bad like i don't know what the last new horror movie that actually like at least scared me a little bit was like i went and saw ma do you guys remember that one <laughs> yeah <No. laughs> so it's like about this like anyway it, i went and see it and it was awful it's like one of the worst movies i've ever seen all the scary parts were in the previews and like it was boring and <laughs> it was just bad. So like the horror movies now just aren't as good, you know. I feel like as they as they were, maybe it's just because people are running out of ideas, or there's that new trend in Hollywood where they just like sequel after sequel after sequel after sequel because like they're like we're just gonna keep making these until people until we like officially know no one wants to see them anymore, you know. So, but I think The Conjuring does it really well. The scene where the girl walks up to the closet and then the demons like on top of it, you know, which one I'm talking about, and then she yeah. jumps on her. That scene actually spooked me a little bit. That, that kind of scared me. So there, there were some, see, there were some shots in there that kind of gave me the, the heebie-jeebies, the, the hubby Halloweens, if you, if you feel me. One thing that I noticed while watching this is that it's not shot anything like a traditional horror movie like we're used to. What do you mean? There were way more low angle shots. Um, I realized as I was watching, like, uh, from the bottom of the stairs, like walking up. Like, Juan just found creative ways to make, like, just walking up the stairs or walking in the living room, like, creepy and, like, you know, you knew something was going to happen. And when I think, like, of those blockbuster horror movies, um, I'm trying to think of one, for example, like, even The Nun. Um, yeah. I didn't see all that. I only saw a part of it. But it's just not really shot in a creative way. And it's just lazy jump scares for the most part. And that's. That's what I think The Conjuring does so well is it's not lazy jump scares. The jump scares are like built up in this. We can already get into my favorite scene, I guess. But my favorite scene in the movie is probably um, is with her daughter and she's got the blindfold on and she's like slowly walking towards the closet to because she hears someone in the closet and she reaches yeah, her hand in there. And she's not there and then she pulls off the blindfold like that isn't like the traditional jump scare we're used to where like a ghost or whatever, someone with a knife jumps out on the screen. But like Mm -hmm. when she like reaches into the closet and realizes that that's not her daughter and that it's something different like that, that alone is terrifying and also creative at the same time. And I really liked it. So, uh, the director of this James Wan did Aquaman. Yeah, actually. And, uh, he also did furious seven. (laughs) Yes, sir. Thank so, you, Alex. So, uh, back on the movie, Ben, your thoughts? My friend. It's garbage. It's zero out of ten. <laughs> Aquaman or Furious Seven? What does Furious Seven have on Rotten Tomatoes? Probably yeah, a lot. It's, 
So everyone's like, like, Paul Walker died. (laughs) This has an 82. Oh, boy. Wow. Okay. Just for an uh, see you again, Charlie Puth. Hobbs and Shaw (laughs) has a 67. (laughs) Okay. Ben, what do you think about The Conjuring, not Hobbs and Shaw? I'm not the one who went off on a tangent about the Fast and Furious universe, Alex. Once I get started, I just can't stop. Okay, well then just do that internally for a little bit. (laughs) Um, What I thought about The Conjuring was that it was really well shot, like you said. Um, I don't know if... Was it the the first time when you saw The Conjuring 2? Was that at Nate's house? Because I know it was for me. The Conjuring or The Conjuring 2? The Conjuring 2. Probably... Yeah, yeah, I, I had I seen the one, so yeah. Yeah, I had seen the second one for the first time before I had seen the first one uh, over at a friend's house, and I never really had any interest in The Conjuring or just horror movies in general, just because that's not really my type of thing. But um, even watching the second one and revisiting and finally watching this first one, I noticed that this The Conjuring series does a lot for me, and I really enjoy it because... Uh, like you said, with the different interesting camera angles, like I think they even recreated it in the second movie as well, where they had that super long take when they're like walking the family throughout the house. Um, it's showing all the different family members. They're establishing objects that will come into play into the story later, like with that wind chime that they put up on the patio and then it just setting the scenery by displaying the layout of the entire house. Like, that's really well done, and it's interesting to look at visually. And I believe they did that in the second one, too. But just things like that, and as you mentioned, the Warrens and how they're very solid characters, and they really ground you within the story. Mm -hmm. That all makes it even more tense when you see them in danger, or when things don't escalate immediately, but gradually build up to the climax, which in this film was really well done. Their characters in in a normal movie could very easily just be throwaway, like, just plot fillers. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. would be even easier to do in a horror movie. So the fact that, like, they're actually, like Ben said, well-grounded and important to the story and actually add, like, depth and add emotion, I think that that's what makes it unique as a horror movie. And as we've talked about, like, Horror is not really my genre. Like, I can enjoy watching them, but I don't really seek out to watch horror movies. But this week at, um, or this month at SA, we do, like, Spooky Movie Crew, and we've been just watching a ton of awful horror movies. That, like, yeah. I look them up after, I'm like, oh, yeah, that got 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. Just because, <laughs> like, horror is, it's not a trash genre, because when it's done well, it can be like magnificent and perfect like sounds the lambs or this or uh, the shining but mm-hmm. then there's times like the nun or slender man or that uh, i don't know there's so many other movies that are just so bad and it i guess i don't know what tangent i'm going off of but are these are all like recent releases that like have been hyped up as scary movies for that year yeah or like okay yeah and then watching The Conjuring is just a breath of fresh air because it's actually like a well done film. And Slend- Slender Man. Dude, that was the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> actually, not as bad as Fan Four Stick, but it was close. It was based off of a mobile game, dude. <laughs> the okay, never mind. What I about the, say that part on the pod? But what uh, about the 2015 smash hit Pixels, starring Adam Sandler and Kevin James as the president? I think that's what's truly horrifying. <laughs> no, I I think that's the worst movie I've ever seen in theaters is probably Fan Four Stick. Fan wow. Four Stick? Yeah. That was the reboot they tried to do with Miles what? Teller and Michael B. Jordan. Oh, Dude. Fantastic Four. Yeah. Stick. Okay. We gotta get back to the conjuring. Alec, what did you <laughs> What just yeah, well uh, Fantastic Four is ninety percent around tomatoes. What did you say, Jake? What did you like about The Conjuring? I thought it was, like I said, I texted you guys after I finished it. I thought it was a really good movie. I thought they did horror really well. Like you're saying before, it's such an easy genre to like mess up and like like be really bad because 
there came a time eventually when someone's like, oh, we'll make a horror movie and then we'll just throw in a bunch of jump scares and then that'll do the trick. Well, no, but you could try, I guess. And the, I think The Conjuring does a good job of mixing in jump scares that are actually catch you off guard. Sometimes the music will amp up and then nothing will happen and then like they'll go on for a little bit longer and then get you with a jump scare, which I thought was a really uh, way to kind of uh distract the viewer's attention to you know the anticipation of the movie but uh i thought it did really well like you said and lorraine's character were 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 really well written i thought the family had an interesting story the mom's kind of descent into being possessed by the demon was really interesting to watch especially when you realize oh this is what's happening um i think uh part of the reason that made this movie so good and from from my views it's based off a true story for the most part you know like and lorraine warren were true people annabelle's a real doll like this is the story this actually like the story about this mom getting possessed in this house actually happened like like it's a true story so yeah they're gonna yeah i know so yeah they're gonna you know tinker it a little bit to make it so people actually want to watch a movie about it but for the most part i think actually for the most part i'm pretty sure they stuck almost exactly to the story i don't think obviously like the mom was that close to killing the daughter when they got the demon to, you know, come out of her. But uh, it, I, I thought it was really good. And if, if you're watching it and you realize, like, oh, shit, this actually happened. Actually, this can happen to, like, you, me, or Ben, or fucking Santa Claus or whatever, you know. Like, I think it makes it even more scarier. And I, so I think they did really well. The coloring was interesting. It was it was kind of a – it was kind of grayscaled a bit, not a lot of bright – colors when there were it was kind of reds and blues and kind of stuff you expect you expect from a horror movie there was a weird bluish film tint all on it also but uh yeah overall it's really solid uh i i don't really have too many much to complain about it i uh i think for the most part it's kind of a safe horror movie and i don't mean that as a as a negative thing at all i think it's a very well done now the sequels they made to it probably have a little more room for criticism but for the most part i thought the conjuring was really good it, it scared me so it obviously did what it what it was meant to and i don't think there was really a deeper meaning behind it but i could be wrong the deeper meaning is the conjuring <laughs> yeah the deeper I, meaning is uh scared dude uh i understand why they had to have that annabelle scene at the beginning but that was so ham-fisted like that wasn't that wasn't creepy that wasn't creepy at all that was just dumb kind of in my opinion all the all the like teenagers they're interviewing were all terrible actors as well (laughs) i thought i thought honestly before we get into criticisms i thought that really threw me off in the beginning was that opening scene yeah because it was so corny and the acting was so bad. I was like, oh, great. I got to sit through like fucking an hour and a half of this. Well, do you think that might be just because Annabelle's like a popular singular franchise now? Or Wait. just because by itself it's so dumb to kind of watch it? <laughs> I think it was just so dumb. Well, if you think about it, towards the end, well, it's towards the end of the movie, like the reason they go and try to end this with the family is because the Annabelle doll is like taking over their lives, you know, and that like clicks in their mind, like, oh, you know, we here's how we fucking finish this, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I I think they had to do that at the beginning, otherwise doing it with the Annabelle doll at the end just wouldn't make sense, and they just have to force another scene in there about it somewhere in the middle or towards the end of the movie, so that ending scene would make sense. So I think they have to do it, but it was just executed really poorly. It felt like they filmed the whole movie. Watched it through, we're like, oh wait, this doesn't make sense. Filmed some, you know, half-ass some Annabelle scene in the beginning, threw that in, and they're like, called it a day, you know. I know I'm sure I know that's why. not how it went, but that's how it felt. I know structurally why they put it in there. I'm just saying that the execution-wise, it wasn't amazing. Or maybe yeah. that's just because I had, uh, I just kept seeing Chucky from Child's Play instead. <laughs> well, the problem with the, with the problem with the doll is like that's not what the the actual Annabelle doll is. That's not what it looks like. It's just a rag, it's a raggedy Ann doll, you know. Which, like honestly, I think that'd be a little scarier than the act than the like. <laughs> what Are you trying to thinking? sell me on the sequel, Alex? <laughs> yeah. Whatever thing they made, I thought that. But I understand raggedy Ann doesn't the company doesn't want to be attached to you know a possessed demon doll, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Go off, King. Uh, 
I don't know exactly how much it relates to how much I like the movie, but when watching it again, the kind of what I saw was like Exorcist, The Exorcist meets uh, Shutter Island. That was kind of like the movie I thought it is. Have you guys seen Shutter Island? I have not. I haven't, no. no. I haven't seen... Wait, is The Exorcist like the 1965 one? Yeah. It's 1970, but yeah. Yeah, okay, I've seen that. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that, I guess, to listeners who've seen that, seen both of those movies, uh, I think that the the parallels as far as like the... The possession is extremely similar to what The Exorcist does. I think it does it better than The Exorcist. I'm not really a fan of that movie, actually. But then, kind of the psychological part of it, uh, with the mom in the dark past of the house is a lot like Shutter Island. And mm-hmm. Shutter Island, I think, could be viewed as a horror movie, more of a thriller, but uh, definitely an odd one in the Scorsese expanded universe. <laughs> Uh, connected yeah. universe. I think the so I know you said you didn't really like The Exorcist. I I would agree with that. I think those old horror movies age terribly. That uh, paranormal not paranormal activity. Uh, paranormal activity came out like 2007. Yeah, <laughs> no, not paranormal not paranormal activity. It's uh oh, what's it called? Poltergeist. Poltergeist. That movie's awful. Say. My parents were like <laughs> my parents sat me down. They're like. This was the scariest movie when we were kids. I couldn't watch it. Like I can barely watch it now as an adult. And I'm sitting there and all these corny special effects are going on. I was like, dude, this is a comedy now. What are you talking about? This scared you guys? He's like, what? It's not a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I like I've never seen Shutter Island, so I couldn't agree with you tremendously on that. But you said you didn't really like The Exorcist, and I had to go off on old horror movies for a sec. Go off. Y'all mind if I just snap real quick? <laughs> ben, do you got anything else noteworthy about The Conjuring? Um, not necessarily, just things that we had touched on earlier. Um, we already mentioned how the Warrens function as a really grounded uh, characters for the film that makes you care about them. Uh, the subtlety in the horror is excellent. Like you mentioned with your favorite scene and the ghost hands reaching out and clapping. Like you expect them to like jump out and kill them or whatever, but we're only like 30, 40 minutes into the movie. And yet it still has that great of an impact on you, even though she really just looks around and is confused there for a moment. There's nothing truly horrifying or terrifying to see. It's just all the environment and the aura that they've built up in the film you're watching. But uh, yeah, besides that, I think just emphasizing again how the victims, the family uh, that they're trying to help in the film, you really care for them and like you see that and how important that is for like an effective horror movie, in my opinion, just because it's all psychological terror. You don't want to see the characters go through anything uh, terrible like that. I mean, it's way different than like, I don't know, uh, Halloween or what is it, Friday the 13th, when it's just a, like a ton of drunk teenagers, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> ben smokes the truth. <laughs> is that the Joker? <laughs> Let's put a smile on that face. <laughs> episode 29 is uh, the Joker impression episode. If we, uh, if we ever review the Joker as a podcast, Cancel us immediately. Yeah. <laughs> well, not go well. Spotify we is going to give us. That a, we are the Joker. In three <laughs> years, Spotify is going to offer us that Joe Rogan deal. And right as we're about to sign, someone's going to burst through the door and be like, hold up, hold up, hold up. They did a Joker episode. And then they just pull up the contract right in front of our faces. Yes. So, how do we live in a society? <laughs> We don't. Uh, let's get back to the conjuring, man. <laughs> Society lives through us. Uh, <laughs> ben, ben, to build, build off your... Goddamn. Build off your talk, you're talking about the family, and I kind of feel for him. I would agree. Uh, one thing that I really did like is 
I liked how they didn't try and create conflict between the family and Ed and Lorraine Warren. You know, I felt like that would be really easy to do just to create unnecessary conflict. Like have like a beginning of third act um, obligatory fight. Yeah. Before they like, come together for the climax. Yeah, they're like, like, there's a demon in this house and you don't know what you're doing, so we're just gonna live with it. It's like, <laughs> like they could have so easily done that, and you as a viewer, you just been like, what are they doing? Like, but no, they like, we, like when the mom was possessed, like the dad wasn't really fighting back at all. He was listening to everything they were saying. He was trying to help, and I, I like. I, I felt that was a really like I said it's based off a true story so I, and they try to stick as close to the original story as possible but uh, I, I really liked how they didn't try to create some unnecessary conflict just are you talking about realism from the guy who did Furious Seven <laughs> he directed it he didn't write it blame Vin Diesel for all the creative choices taken in that movie I'll rather just listen to his new single <laughs> stream uh, what's it called. <laughs> Uh, like me, something like that. <laughs> Stream Feel Like I Do by Vin Diesel. <laughs> That's okay. it. Take it down before it gets taken down by Vin Diesel. <laughs> okay, please cancel our podcast. Yeah, the Turbo Team podcast is over. We're Party. finished. Uh... <laughs> So one more thing that I want to touch on in the movie is I think the pacing is done really well. And I know Alex touched on this point earlier, but like the music would just like increase and you expect like something to jump out and you expect like something super serious to happen or super important to happen. And then it just doesn't. And I think that especially in the horror genre, that's a interesting creative choice to say the least, but I thought it really worked in this one just because I felt like it was able to round out the relationship between the Warrens and then uh, also the family, while also being able to um, build a lot of the imagery that would be super important as the film goes on. Uh, just the little symbolism and the, I mean, you saw in the basement, just like how many of the things that they saw when they were walking through that ended up uh, playing a part in the climax. Mm-hmm. Like, the movie was so slow at the beginning was because it was building up a lot of pieces that were going to be executed down the road. And I think that that discipline isn't something you'd normally see uh, in a movie like this. And I think it's overall, it's just, this was probably the first time I've seen this movie through the critics eyes. Um, (laughs) As a critic. It was more, more impressive. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, do you guys want to get into negatives, or do you have any more to say? I don't think so. For my negative, it's it's a nitpick, but I thought even though the story was um, super well done and the cinematography was super well done, I thought the script was super bland, and mm-hmm. I thought the script was very mainstream for a horror movie. Like, I thought it, it just... Everything that they said felt like something exactly out of any other horror movie like Insidious or uh, any of those other movies. But, I mean, you can't really expect. It is still a horror um, film, so that's just a nitpick. But the dialogue didn't blow me away by any means. Yeah, there wasn't, yeah. Yeah, I I think my nitpick was... uh, There's no... First off, when reviewing a movie like this, I think it's very important to kind of take it at what it is. This isn't a La La Land. This isn't a Zodiac or like a There Will Be Blood. Like, it's not going to be a great movie like that. You got to take it for what it is. It's a good horror movie. But, it, like, it's not – they didn't make The Conjuring thinking they were going to win Best Picture, you know. Um, he might have when the, he was making Aquaman. They were Furious 7. But uh, – shout out James Wan. But uh, – so from that point of view, I'm not going to be very critical of it. Uh, with that being said, I didn't think the kids were very good actors. I thought a couple of them were, but like the little one was a really bad actor, and I think that kind of showed because she didn't get a whole lot of screen time. Uh, and yeah. When she, when she did, it was bad. <laughs> she sucks. Yeah, she was a really bad kid. <laughs> she wasn't uh, willing to be thrown across the room for the movie. Get her out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She gets two lines. Yeah, beat the little one. Yeah, but uh. <laughs> Uh, and then the I'm beginning is the beginning scene with Annabelle. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 wait. 
<laughs> Pause. Hey, yo, hold up. <laughs> but, uh, and then the beginning scene with Annabelle, like I said, felt forced, didn't feel good, felt rushed. It just wasn't a good scene, kind of. From, like, someone watching the movie, and it kind of, it, it didn't start slow, but, like, it doesn't start fast either, you know, like. So, I, from someone, if you just watch that opening Annabelle scene, listen to, like, them give their speech, and then, like, the intro scene at the house, I think, like, there's enough there to, like, someone that's not really looking forward to watching this movie, I could, I would have easily turned it off, you know, if, like, if I was turning, if I, if I popped up on TV, like, on cable, and I just watched that, I could be like, yeah, this is it for me, and change the channel, so I just, I think it started out very, very weak, and then it picked up as it got going, but. Like I said, you gotta kind of review it for what it is. It's not a Best Picture nominee. It's a it's a horror movie. They try to make a quick buck off. Well, yeah, but it turned out that it would actually be good. And yeah. It turned, and as a result, they made six sequels. <laughs> Jeez. We don't talk about the six sequels. With eleven coming. <laughs> exactly. Dude, is the is the Conjuring franchise what we think the Furious Fast and the Furious franchise is? I mean, at least the <laughs> at least the Conjuring series has a, a couple good ones in it. Tokyo Drift isn't bad. Okay, I wouldn't haven't watched any of them, so I couldn't tell. Yeah, you. I'll admit I haven't seen more than ten minutes of Fast and Furious. <laughs> yes, I've seen. I think it's like the fourth one. I've seen like five times, and it's just because it keeps being on cable when like my mom's making dinner. And you keep watching it. There's nothing else on TV on thursday night man in the i feel like there of, is in the middle of february thursday night football when you're you know 14 <laughs> uh, uh ben do you have any negatives uh like i said earlier uh the annabelle beginning just didn't really <laughs> hit for me i found it kind of more entertaining just because i thought it was funny like you said the acting was kind of wooden and I just kept seeing Chucky from Child's Play the entire time just because the doll would look at them and then, like, things would start flying in the room. I just saw it more as, a, like, a gag, something funny, more than something that I should be taking seriously. Although I see why they included it in the movie. I mean, that all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is just kind of nitpicking, like, we came off the backs of two really good horror films that kept you invested with the dialogue, especially with Silence of the Lambs or with the aura and set pieces like in The Shining. And this had some very good uh, aspects as well with <laughs> I really enjoyed the scene the leading to where the mom gets uh, possessed, where um, Mrs. Warren was hanging up a sheets. And then one uh, flew off and it hit the outline of a person and then it yeah. flew up to the window. And then once it left the window, there was a ghost standing there. Yeah. Like that was that was done really well. I love that concept. You thought like, that was so, done well? Yeah. I thought the special effects were like very noticeable. Well, yeah. I mean, of course, the special effects are going to be noticeable. Like Invisible Man came out and it. Basically did the same thing for the whole movie and it was noticeable. Oh, I didn't know John Cena was casted for this movie. Kick him off the pod. How long did it take you to think of that? <laughs> we're gonna do a sur- we're gonna survive. We're gonna do a survivor vote and I'll give you a hand, Jake. We're both voting you out. <laughs> Invisible man in a movie on a podcast. There's a joke here. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but. Whole life no, I'm not that. making. <laughs> No, I'm not making this up. He's the invisible man. <laughs> yay, yay. <laughs> no, nah, but uh, this film had some definite highlight highlighted points for me. But, I mean, I think it was just because my anticipation or expectations were so high, I guess, from enjoying the second one as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Or because of the excellent films we lost the past watched the past two weeks it's just that there was some downtime in the film that you really felt yeah whether it's the warrants talking to each other about lorraine's um accident that she had in the past and things like that mm-hmm. like I don't uh, know. so so with that being said i have a kind of a nitpick uh 
at times it felt like this wasn't the first movie in a franchise if that makes sense like because like the, they kept referring back to that they kept referring back to the past and they kept like talking about stuff that like like they're acting like us as viewers should know and they come back to it in the end eventually but like I, I just feel like instead of being like we don't want to we don't want a uh, reenactment of the incident and then they don't tell us about what the incident is until like right before the final scene, it's like it's just like could have just been like we don't want you you know getting punched by the possessed guy again Lorraine and Lorraine's like that would happen <laughs> Lorraine's well, like Ed Ed I experienced the conjuring and then. <laughs> She looks at the camera. <laughs> they all do a Jim Helper the office stare at the camera, but it's just like the GameStop employee smiles stuff. <laughs> well, you see, uh, what they were referring to was actually to Annabelle, which is a prequel to The Conjuring, and a prequel means that the movie came before the previous movie. So actually, uh, you just didn't do your homework. You should have watched Annabelle first. <laughs> They were released two years apart. I blame I blame James Wan for not making Annabelle first. Yeah, I'll take it up which with you, James Wan. would have made Wall. more sense. Which would have made more sense if they made Annabelle and then were like, oh yeah, now here's the next movie. And then it was The Conjuring, and The Conjuring is like good. It would make the series be- good from the start compared to making The Conjuring and then forcing an Annabelle sequel, you know? You get aggressive about this, huh? The Nun. should we give it a rating yeah we can i'll I'll give it i'll give it a nine out of ten (laughs) (laughs) uh i don't know 7.25 out of 10 whoa the decimal guy i'll give it a like like i said before you got i'm gonna rate it for what it is not just a genuine movie so i'll give it i'll give it an eight yeah that's fair uh, I kind of explained myself already so throughout this entire podcast, so if you made it to this point, you know what I think. Uh, I'd give it about a seven. I think you're all big dum dums, and I am superior because I have the podcast. You are the mere listener. For me, <laughs> for me, as I've already talked about, like horrors, not my genre. Like and, I enjoy them and whatnot, but I mean, I think The Shining and Sounds of the Lambs are n- pretty dang near perfect films. Yeah. And that and so that's like that's why they got high ratings for me. I think The Conjuring's a pretty good horror movie. I'd I'd argue it's a great horror movie. Um, but for me, a great horror movie equals probably just a good movie. Yeah, I'm a different guy. I'm more a Happy Gilmore, Anchorman type of movie guy. (laughs) Yeah. So 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 the top movie horror movies, I'll I'd give a ten. Silence of the Lambs, The Conjuring. Did you give them? Hubby Halloween. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hubby. I give them both like eights, I think, maybe nines. Uh, top five horror movies: Purge, Purge two purge three purge election year and uh, uh i don't know the last one <laughs> the other purge to be released <laughs> and paul blart mall cop two <laughs> all right so what, what ben take us through that segment you came up with all right uh after a vicarious brainstorming session i decided that uh the segment for this week should be a movie or a tv show generally a movie that terrified you as a kid. And it doesn't the have Halloween to necessarily... episode of Zack and Cody. <laughs> I don't. I didn't have cable. Is he like a vampire or something in that? It's really scary, actually. It's like a haunted hotel room. I talked about this like two weeks ago, and you guys made fun of me because I said it actually scared me. Like up until I was like 15. I was not here for that. Uh, you definitely were here, but okay. You got a bad memory. So okay, there's sorry. Alex's answer. No, <laughs> Jake, I actually have a movie or TV any... show that terrified you as a kid. Oh, for me, it was definitely Coraline. Oh. I didn't sleep after watching Caroline. That movie okay, was... Okay, you actually watched it. Yeah. My cousin <laughs> loved that movie. So every time we went over to their house to say the night, we'd always watch it. I'm like, I'm going to have nightmares no matter what, because this movie's freaking terrifying. And so there's that. And then there's also uh, a TV episode. It is Bart's Babysitter. Like the... Like the very first season, it's when the babysitter tries to kill him. It's yeah, no. like it's maybe the second episode, but it was terrifying. 
I think, okay, for both reasons, one, stop motion animation is terrifying no matter what it's used on. Yeah. And two, early <laughs> early animation of The Simpsons is terrifying no matter what it's used for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, but Caroline itself, that movie should not have been PG. Like, that movie was messed up. I honestly haven't seen it, it, mostly because I was always terrified of stop motion animation. <laughs> I like, kind of uh, watch it. It's been a long time. I remember as a, I remember as a I remember as a kid like like the Tim Burton's obviously but then like Nightmare Before Christmas like Nightmare Before Halloween like those movies would be on like Disney Channel and they would like they would spook me a little bit as like you know like a 10 11 year old kid. <laughs> this is a wee little lad. Sweet little lad. Uh so I have an actual answer Ben. It's, uh it's Insidious 2. <laughs> <laughs> that I've never had a movie scare me as much as Insidious 2 does. I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if it was just the exact time I was watching it. I couldn't sleep without seeing like the like dark imagery in that movie for probably three weeks. I, I, I was like probably 14 when I saw it. I, it wasn't like I was really young. It was it terrified me, which is weird because I think Insidious One's the better movie, but for some reason Insidious 2 just really hit me. But uh, it hit different, bro. <laughs> hit in a bad way i kind of do you guys i know jake you said you didn't really like horror as a genre ben you you, you like horror movies don't you like scary no movies? i don't actually you don't so i'm more a thriller psychological guy i've never liked terrifying imagery as a fun pastime <laughs> so as so you guys aren't gonna be able to relate to me on this you probably make fun of me i i do like scary movies and horror no, movies i, I like i'll make fun of him no i like him i just don't love it really like, Never my go-to genre. So <laughs> Gotta have it. Around this time, it is for me. <laughs> Obviously, like I'm not gonna watch, I'm not gonna watch a scary movie at, like on like June 15th. You know, that's happy. That's summertime. It's happy time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but like around this time, I like watching. I like watching scary movies. And uh, the one thing I've noticed getting older is just I don't get scared as easy from them. I guess just because I know what's happening because they're very predictable. But oh, you're tough. Yeah, I'm tough. So as so, what I, I knew you guys were gonna make fun of me for this, but I, what I'm saying is, I kind of miss okay. watching those movies as kids and getting the actual like scare factor from them because that's what they're made for is to scare you. And watching all these and not feeling you know that terrifyingness kind of, it kind of bums me out in a way. But well, do you feel like that's because uh, you're not as affected by the psychological aspects, or because um, you've seen all the scary imagery before? I th- and you just haven't seen anything truly terrifying, I guess. I think I think I think there's a little bit of both. I think number one, it's just stu- yeah, like you said, it's something I haven't seen before. It's not really as scary as it was when I was you know eight years old. But also I'm you know I'm not eight years old. I'm 19 now. I you know life isn't as scary like that compared to like when when you're eight and everything's that's not. And everything that's not in your comfort zone scary, you know, and like terrifying. <laughs> Disney like, Channel in October. Exactly. So, like there's <laughs> like scary imagery like that's horrifying as a kid. And, but yeah, so I just wanted when you're on the topic of that, I want to kind of wanted to bring that up. How I kind of miss that scary feeling. And the problem with scary movies is you don't like the truly terrifying ones that scare people as like adults are always super hard to find because they're not very well known. You know, you really gotta like search for a really really terrifying horror movie now. Uh, cause like all the ones we see now are just big blockbuster ones like Ma, like, like the invisible man that just aren't that scary. You know, they're just kind of these movies thrown together. They put a ton out in advertising so you'll go see it. And then like, there's not really a passion behind it. There's not really a, them trying really hard to scare their viewers. It's just them kind of trying to make some quick money with a, with one big name actor, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's kind of my actually, uh, Last week, it's called Babadook. I've heard the Babadook. I've heard, I've heard that's scary. It's yeah. actually pretty scary and actually really good. <laughs> I feel like just for like terrifying, violent imagery, a friend had recommended Meet- Midnight Meat Train to me, okay. which seems exactly what it sounds like. Just extremely gory and violent images like in a horror movie. But I'll pass it on to you because I'm too scared for that. So. So. It's going to be a kind of a spoiler, or it's not a spoiler because, you know, it's our podcast. So next week, I think we're going to do Hereditary. I think I think Hereditary has a really good chance of, you know, actually scaring me a bit. So I'm going to turn all the lights off. I'm going to watch it probably like late at night, like 11 or something. I'm going to try and get scared by it because I think it, I think it is a pretty scary movie from what I've heard. So we'll, we'll see. I'll check back in next week if 
any of that's changed. But uh, oh, you're turning off all of the lights. I'm gonna turn off, dude. I'm turning off the LEDs. It's never happened before. <laughs> Hello, LEDs stay back. on. Uh, Hello, ben, what was the what was the movie that really scared you? Okay, well, unlike uh, going off of the Cold Stone Creamery uh, rating style, unlike Jake, I don't <laughs> like it, and unlike Alex, I don't gotta have it. I'm neither of those. I'm lactose intolerant. I do not like right. horror movies at all. <laughs> so Wait, a lot of my really, ex- that was really creative, actually. <laughs> Thanks. I said gotta have it like five minutes earlier, and that's when I realized there was a joke there. But <laughs> hey, calm down there, Bill Burr. We don't want to save some laughs for the rest of us. Hey. It's a ginger joke. Uh, yeah, no, is. but a lot of the horror things or terrifying things that scared me as a kid weren't necessarily from whole movies that I'd watch because I'd steer clear of those. But just like specific clips, like I don't know if you guys seen uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure at all. Pee Wee Herman? Yeah. Where are you going with this, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Pee Wee's hilarious. I don't know if you got the news, but uh, in big in his big adventure, the movie, uh, he gets picked up and hears tales about a haunted truck driver or something. And he gets picked up by this really creepy old truck driver. And then when she lets him off, uh, her like face goes claymation and like explodes out and like has like insane teeth and her eyes are super wide. And it's extremely scary. <laughs> like they had to throw a claymation jump scare into the film that scarred me the first time I watched it. And now I always skip that scene because it's terrifying. <laughs> You're 20 years old, Ben. Yeah, I know. It's that bad. <laughs> like I said, I'm lactose intolerant. But there was that as well as like just simple stuff. Like uh, my family tried to show me Mr. Bill on YouTube. <laughs> and they showed me an episode where like Mr. Bill, who's like a claymation, like clay little figure. But they put him in the microwave. Yeah. <laughs> and they like melt him. And that like freaked me out as a kid. And I hated that. <laughs> Man, man, you just don't like clay, bro. <laughs> Dude, we're never watching Ghost ever again. I hate clay. <laughs> no. Uh, one honorable mention for me. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> With that, the tarantulas what? and stuff. <laughs> the tarantulas, the scene where they're riding the boat through the, like, super fast through yeah. the chocolate river that's yeah. actually scary and also cat in the hat kind of spooked me as a kid the jim carrey yeah <laughs> i think it was just because it was like jim carrey's cat in the hat i thought that was funny <laughs> also, Is that uh, cat? isn't mike myers cat in the hat oh that's what i meant yeah Whatever. Okay. same difference the grinch, grinch kind of freaked me out as a kid okay i agree there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. robot <laughs> chicken uh <laughs> The animated Grinch from the 60s terrified me. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know what you mean, Jake. Robot Chicken, yeah. I would like... This is all just claymation-related stuff, honestly. Well, yeah, uh, Gwalis and Gromit. (laughs) (laughs) I'd fall asleep watching, I don't know, like Dexter's Laboratory or something like that. At, on, on the couch and then I'd wake up at 2 in the morning with a robot chicken on and I would just I just like wouldn't want to move it was so t- terrifying mm-hmm. <laughs> as a kid there's like waking up and seeing like like falling up asleep on the couch and waking up at like 3 in the morning and seeing like those shows it's terrifying I, I remember that show huh the, waking up and seeing the George Lopez show just wake up screaming (laughs) 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 where are they jumping from no (laughs) (laughs) make it stop george (laughs) i saw it so i saw on topic of george lopez show today i saw this tiktok today and this guy's like this is how george lopez looks every time he says a joke it's just like (laughs) listeners can't see it but it was funny so (laughs) yeah like i remember one time i fell asleep i was probably in like sixth sixth grade i fell asleep my tv on i woke up and there's some like old horror movie on 
I couldn't tell you what it was. I don't know the name, but it just it was like two in the morning. It just terrified me. And like I, I still I can oh, I still know that one. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I can still remember it now. This guy was like getting eaten by a snake and it was just ugh, it was just awful. Thanks. That Batman with uh Jim Carrey playing the Riddler, that kind of scared me as a kid too a little bit. It's just those weird like like late early two thousands, late nineties, like kind of like the mask type stuff, you know, like the over the t- just listen to Jim Carrey's <laughs> like movies, but the, like the over the top kind of stuff, the weird sex comedy, the there's there's a formula to it. I just can't put my finger on, but it just all is a little like it's not like scary. It's just kind of uneasy, you know. <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. That'll uh, I think that'll wrap things up. Kind of a short episode this week. What's that? Kind of a short episode this week. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong Ain't with no that. Ain't Quality no over quantity. It is very true. It's also it's also a few days late, so. Yeah, we're we're tardy. <laughs> oh, bro, two it's more, 2020. Two more late episodes and we get a team time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the Turbo Team Podcast. I'm Jake, yeah. and I've woken up at 6 a.m. the last two days, and also have to wake up at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Get some so, sleep, bro. From <laughs> Indiana, Iowa, uh, I'm Jake Brand, along with Ben Neeson and Alex Powell. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Turbo Team Podcast. Our social medias are linked in the bio. Follow us on Twitter at the Turbo Team Pod. You can listen to all episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform where podcasts are listened to. Thank you for listening.